Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to talk about Lords of Valhalla. Yeah. Not the way it sounds. No, no. <laughs> what do you think when you hear that name, it's like, man, I'm going to be I'm going to be in Viking attire. I'm going to be slaughtering suckers left and right with an axe. Right. No, no. Uh, but before we start the show, Aaron, I want to show off my new wardrobe here. I'm wearing a shirt that was sent to me by the one and only Ricky DeRocha. And uh, this one says, I adore my 664, or I'm sorry, just my 66, I can't even say it without saying C64, because I'm so used to saying it that way. I adore my 64. Uh, Ricky bought me this shirt for my, you know, my undying love and appreciation for the Commodore 64 computer platform. Uh, And I wear it with pride tonight. Yeah, man, it looks good. That was nice, Ricky. That's very cool. And both, by God. I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming into the into the fun-filled world of C64. I happen to be streaming that later tonight. You need to tune into my stream, watch some C64 action. I, I will tune in. Aaron, did you know that there is a very important anniversary this week? There are I two very know. important anniversaries. I did know that. I remembered this one, Boat. All right. Uh, you you want to g- g- give me one of them? Well, uh, so I believe it was 35 years ago, Boat. Uh, you were born. No, I'm just kidding. It <laughs> was longer than that. No, it was uh, the first years ago, the birth of the Amiga 1000 boat. Right, right. Amazing. The, the Amiga 1000 came to be, and I'm trying desperately to it was actually... It a dark void back 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, with the Amiga 1000. Whoa, there yeah. it is. So what, then, yeah, what we've got, what we've got here is a, um, is a picture of uh, Andy Warhol, and uh, what's her name? Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. I always want to call her Debbie Harrison. Debbie Harry looks to be about 85 years old in this picture. Listen, she was was a sex pot boat. It was, I guess the word had different connotations in the 1980s. Old hag is what I'd call her now. Are you... Look at her. I think you're looking at Andy. (laughs) Oh, wait. You're right. I am. You idiot. (laughs) Listen, Debbie Harry was hot. She was the lead singer of Blondie. Blondie was... At, well, in the early 80s, the very early 80s, like, there was the, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Love Blondie. Love Debbie Harry. She went on to do a bunch of crap uh, that I liked, including a stunning appearance in the film adaptation of Tales from the Dark Side, but mm. great, great, great movie. Mm. And so, Andy Warhol was out of his mind, but yeah. I, he was okay. Now, when you were growing up, I mean, I know Andy Warhol was, was still around, but... Did you go, I mean, were kids wearing, like, Andy Warhol shirts and stuff? Was he a big deal with the youth, the youths in the, the 80s? Youths, the youths, you know, that it's funny, because you remember how you see, for a while there, in the 80s, you saw in the early 90s, you'd see youths with the uh, uh, the soup can shirts mm-hmm. or some kind of rip-off of his old gimmick, you know? I don't remember anybody wearing that crap back when he was alive. Right. You know? I mean, people knew who he was, because he was so weird. And he, I knew him from directing some or being involved in those weird horror movies and stuff. 
just a weird dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I didn't know an artist. He was a, a, he was an odd guy, but you could, you could tell who he was. You know, he was involved in music. I believe he used to run around and scrub the velvet underground. Those guys, you were, you're a velvet underground guy, aren't you? Then I actually can't stand them. But you're yeah, he was involved. Music. Nico and all those people. That's he did right. the, he did the Andy, the, the banana album and all that, but, that nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got friends that love that. But yeah, the Velvet not- Underground are like the 60s version of Gravana. Just like so incredibly overrated, it makes you want to vomit. But anyway. Uh, Send your email to Boat O'Car. <laughs> the, the Amiga... Uh, the Amiga's 35th anniversary was not really marked with too much celebration because, unfortunately, all celebrations have been canceled because of COVID-19. I know that there were some several events that were going on in, uh, in uh, the Netherlands, I think, uh, where there was going to be a big Amiga festival and, unfortunately, it was canceled. So uh, celebrate the Amiga in your own way. At home, yeah. alone. Play some Amiga. That's what you do. Or, yeah, or yeah. listen to Goose talk about Amiga. Yeah. This is- and so, uh, anyway, that is the first anniversary. And, of course, Aaron, the second anniversary is this is the five-year anniversary of Amigos. Whoa. Yeah. It seems like ten. <laughs> Does it, can you believe it's just five? It seems much, much longer than that, Boat. We have been doing this show for five years. That's longer than we were in high school. Well, speak for yourself, but <laughs> I had a rough time. What do you want from me? Yeah, so I, you know, I try and think back to the before times before we were doing the show, and even though I'd lived in Hurricane for five years before we did the show, no, I, I guess about three years, four years before, yeah, three years before we started, Seven. all of my memories from living in this house are wrapped up in the show. So if we ever stop doing the show, I'm just going to have to move. You know, I know you're being hilarious, but. Uh, and it's we we do this show now, a couple hours on a Friday. It's a bang bang operation, boat. Mm-hmm. But over most of that time, it was not a bang bang operation. There were multiple bangs. <laughs> this was a machine gun of shows. It's some botched operations as well. And so, uh, 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 it's funny how slowly, uh, quietly, the show s- slowly took over my life. <laughs> In a weird way, I don't. I mean, not to not to overplay it, but I mean, I think about it a lot. I think about it's not just our show. I think about other people's shows. I watch shows and listen to shows differently now than I did. I because I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. Now I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I'm like thinking about what's going on, mm-hmm. what, like when stuff's happening. Oh, that's happening to us, you know. Blah. I think about uh, 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 we. You know, for a while we played three thousand games a week, and so I was thinking to myself, my God. I haven't played Game X this week. I got to get this thing cooking. Mm-hmm. That was on my mind. You know, taking notes. It's 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 woven into the tapestry of my life. Uh, but it's a good thing because I find it fulfilling and uh, it's nice to accomplish at least one thing a week. You know, uh, and it's and on a rare occasion I find it uh, artistically pleasing. Uh, boat. So overall, it's I, I'm down with it. It's been a pretty good five years, for the most part. Yeah, I agree Except with you. Glitcher and Assery, of course. But the the great, I think, the great thing about having a podcast is there's always something to think about whenever you've got nothing else to think about. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is the embodiment of just like idle stupidity. It's like no. <laughs> idle stupidity and extreme navel gazing. That is what yeah, it what takes to become a podcaster. Put the graphic over there on the screen. <laughs> That'll do it. You know, I was. You know, it's funny. I rearranged the room today, as you more, more mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, my room was an absolute disaster. You've been in here, disaster. And so I, 
and I never did anything about it. I tried, tried and failed. And the one thing that got me to do something is I was sitting here watching one of the old shows. That I, well, not that old, a couple weeks ago. And I looked in the background. I could see a pair of my uh, clothes that mm-hmm. was just laid on the floor. And I was just like, man, look at that background. That looks <laughs> like total crap. I've got to do better than that. And so, if anything, after five years of doing this show, it, it got me to clean up my room. So there's, there's you can say. You'll have to call your mother and tell her. <laughs> five-year anniversary of the amigos my room was clean for one day (laughs) all right aaron well that's enough that's enough uh reflecting back on our own glory let's move forward with what's going on right now over at everythingamiga.com and happy birthday amiga uh, oh yeah ditto but we were out a couple weeks and in that time a man a certain man a duncan man went to work boat with a couple articles here and let's go. Let's get into it. Let's talk. I want to talk about this boat because I was uh, watching him put this together. And I know we didn't cover this. This was this was the Dunks article on upgrading his tank mouse with these laser gimmicks. Yeah. Have, have you looked at this thing? No, I haven't seen this one. So you go out, you buy yourself uh, this kit, mm-hmm. right? I believe he says this sucker was twenty nine euros. Boat. Not translated, bad. Translated into American wad. That's about what forty bucks. Yeah. I'm like yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you get for your for, for your bucks? Well, you get a little board, some gimmicks to put in the bottom of this thing where the ball used to go, you know, a little, a little deal. Mm-hmm. And it, he goes step by step and put it together. And then at the back end of this, and I will say, uh, Dunk is a, is a charitable man. He goes into all the stuff he had to do on the other side of putting this thing in. Because as you know, as I know, when you buy stuff from like Mystery Internet Joe number four, <laughs> it ain't just gonna work. Mm-hmm. It's it ain't gonna be well documented. You're on your own, pal. And of course, he had to his thing sat in there cockeyed. He had to sand some crap down, mm. get the buttons to work right. So, yeah, as we've discussed uh, in length on the show, your mileage may vary on the uh, on the uh, board, laser board thing. All that said, uh, once uh, once Duncan did his little dance, got everything working. He says the mouse works great. So if you're looking for it, and I've got a bunch of these tank miles, uh, mice boat. I think you've got. I've got one too. Yeah, I'm right they behind. Stink. They're old. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's these mice are. They're ready for retirement. Mm-hmm. They've been around for 35 years. Time to let them go. Mm-hmm. So if you could get a gimmick to put in there. Now, I've got the old uh, uh, wireless dealio, and it works great. You know, but if you want to use an authentic Amiga mouse, feel like a big man. This is your, this is your avenue to go down that road, boat. So good article from the dunk. And while he was at it, he wasn't done, boat. He had to go uh, and put up another article, part four of his checkmate A fifteen hundred plus build. Now, this time around, he goes into mounting the uh, the uh, the car on the front of this thing. Of course, you know you've got these CF cards. Now, here's a little tidbit I was going to mention. Uh, these mounting these CF cards because there's so much uh, of a hassle to get these things in and out. You right. Know, they're, they're real tough. As you know, folks, I lent you mine. I got this gimmick that lets you mount a mount, put a uh, a, a, a SD card into a CF card reader. Mm-hmm. It does the job. So there may be a, an angle where you can mount a much easier to mount SD card on one of these things. But I'll give him credit. Of course. Listen, Dunk is not the sketchy tech. He's a proper tech. So he actually printed stuff up and screwed things in and made stuff look nice. It looks good. You know, I think that of all the Checkmate builds that I've seen, and as we'll see in the news section, uh, there there are quite a few of them, um, 
the uh, I really like Dunk has really gone all out, and a big part of it I think is the getting the Slimline um, slot loading uh, CD player because in all the Checkmate uh, imagery you always see that CD sticking out of the slot right there, and it looks yeah. so cool. And yeah. I'm so glad that he has taken it upon himself instead of just mounting a uh, a normal tray loading drive in there to put put the slot loading drive in. If it was me, boat. I would have put the. I would not have used the slim line, and and and, I, and the reason is, uh, it's a. It, they're hard to mount, and they're it's a hassle when you can. Now, but that, aesthetically, you're right. It looks better, but I I I would probably have just went with the big one. And that's yeah, that's why you know that's the difference between you and Dunk. Dunk cares about the way that things look when he's done. What What are you saying? Bro? I'm saying take a look at this case, man. It's beautiful. I I know he did a good job, but I mean. The uh, I've I've not had you know the slim lines fail a lot more than the big ones. I I had a I've replaced many of those in the old laptops back in the day. So I don't trust them. I guess is what I'm saying. Part of it's because you're it's just part it's they're slim and they're not not as good. But I mean I guess I don't know how much he paid for this thing. He may mention in the article how much he paid for it. Uh, but uh, uh, you know I don't know. Surely they can't be going for that much, right? I mean well I shouldn't say that. Should I? You know worst Everything part. Yeah, I, you know I'm sure that this thing was not more than twenty bucks. A standalone SATA, uh, you know C CD drive like that. The worst, worst case a, scenario, if it fails, you pull it out, you put a new one in. But he already had. He had the. Uh, 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 you know he probably could have. It probably would have been less steps to put in the big one. Oh yeah, he know, had but, the big one in there, and he's yeah. like, "This looks like crap because it looks like crap." Well, I mean, it, it looks okay. Again, the pro you're, you're, the you're, you're, what you can look at something and say, "Oh yeah, this looks fine." Well, but anybody with any sense of design would look at that and say, "That looks like a monstrosity." Hold on a second. You're, I, I'm not an idiot. I, I admit it doesn't look that good. I'm looking at a picture right now. Right. I looked at it earlier. and I thought to myself, "Eh," but yeah. And the problem is that the front of that case. It's sort of what I call it, concave, you know? So this sucker sticks out like you're an idiot. It, you got it in. That and also the fact that it's not, it doesn't match color. colors either. You're right. You're, I mean, you're right. I, I'm not going to lie. You're right. I hate to admit it. You're right the whole time. I just want to fight with you. So <laughs> it looks better now. And hopefully he'll have good luck. But listen, I, I mean, I think he's hit the pay window. I'll hold the phone here at the bottom. P.S. I might not be done. Ooh. So there you go. So he's thinking about adding the network port. So we shall see. But yeah. He also put a switch on the back. The switch. This was a, an interesting uh, choice. I should ask Dunk about this. He put a switch on the back of this thing. The switch between three and three dot one. I thought that was. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand that, but. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'd like to know why he did that. Maybe mm -hmm. someone in the chat can explain it to me. Is Dunk in here? Yeah, he's in here. Hey, Dunk. How come you? How come you need to change between three and three dot one? Is there? Is there some reason that you would need to change between those two? I mean, I thought they were fairly, pretty much the same. We'll wait for him to answer while we move along. But yeah, but otherwise, it's, it looks great. I mean, yeah. the dunk, clearly. And by the way, did you see the stuff he, was, he did on the back? He rigged up his own switch. Mm -hmm. He also put a headphone jack back there gimmick. So yeah, it looks great. It yeah. looks real good. But. Yeah. All right. And moving right along to this next article, Aaron, our Amigathon 2020, of course, was last weekend. Um, we raised... Uh, actually, this total needs to be updated. We've raised more than this, uh, more than $5,370 uh, over the course oh, really? of 12 hours. Uh, we It was a good time. I had a blast. It was by far, by far the best Amigathon I've ever had. Um, 
And, oh, you're right. Uh, Fifty-four hundred and five bucks. Fifty-four hundred and five bucks. So, holy, holy, thank you. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to put up all of the images that we got for our D paint competition. You know, this was a lot. Uh, we had tons and tons and tons of entries. We had more entries than Amiga Ireland did, which blows my mind. Um, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the, the great thing about it was we had such a variety of entries too. I mean, we had stuff that looked sort of anime to, you know, South Park, a lot of like pre-rendered stuff, Doug's thing, yeah. which was like mixed media. You had that photo that was retouched by Bill. Uh, so tons and tons of great, uh, you know, different applications of deluxe paint. Um, and uh, and so you can go over to everythingamiga.com and check out all the winning entries. We want to congratulate Rod March for the uh, winning the competition with his D-Paint Cyborg. Yeah, that was, oh, man, could you believe that, Boat? Yeah, yeah. I can't I, believe we were involved in that piece of art in some capacity. And, like, uh, that, was, that was shown on our show. I'm right. Like, and, of course, the, the, the winner in my heart is uh, Pixels of Dawn's entry, Men of Quality, in which he's lovingly illustrated you and <laughs> I sitting up against the, black, the brick wall. I like the fact that I'm having a colossal belly laugh, and I'm sure at your expense. <laughs> That's what I like about it. <laughs> Listen, the art, the music, I mean, they were all, they were great. I couldn't believe it. I could not freaking believe how the quality of this. Mm -hmm. uh, it was great, Boat. All of it was good. We, and, and with some of the top people, top yeah. people. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Uh, the trivia was fun. That was, I had a good time uh, going through that. Uh, listen, uh, Neil from Retro Man Cave and uh, Amiga Bill were off the charts. Uh, Amiga Bill, this guy... We need to send him to a foreign country, like Ambassador <laughs> Bill. You know, we bring, we send Neil in to smooth him out, and then Bill zaps him back up. It was mm -hmm. unbelievable. So that was nice. We thank everyone for participating. Just a uh, man. It's just saying it was an unparalleled success for us because it, I mean nothing blew up, nothing, no modems to be bought. It was <laughs> alarming. We didn't have to play. It came from the desert for two and a half hours at four in the morning. It and was both, fantastic. Just to toot your horn a little bit, outstanding work. Well, thank uh, you. you. You've done it again, Boat. Uh, Boat was behind the scenes. like uh, he, he needs like octopus arms to do all the crap. He had, <laughs> he had more tabs opened up than, than I did at all the bars in, in Louisville. I mean, he had tabs everywhere. I couldn't tell what he was doing, and he, but he was getting it done. You took care of business. Thanks, you know, also, with, uh, special thanks to the Brent. Uh, Pix was in there taking care of business. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of people uh, doing the good job. So everyone, everyone in the Amiga community that watched or participated or donated, it's a win. Amiga Bill called it the greatest day in Amiga history. That's what he and said. And Bill would know. Yeah. So, so salute, everybody. Yeah. All right, Aaron, let's shift on over to our YouTube channel and see what's been going on lately over right. there. Now, we've missed a lot of stuff, so I'm going to go way back. Okay, here. man. Uh, I, I've got to try to find the last thing we actually talked about here. Let's start with, I don't think we talked about the uh, uh, Bruce Lee compilation. Did we talk about that? I can't uh, remember. No, in fact, I, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that, that that's probably a good place to start. Did we talk about the, yeah, we talked, okay, that's good, yep. But let's talk about uh, this Sega Master System Bruce Lee thing. Hey, you know, I've never, what is it? Can you explain this to me, folks? So Bruce Lee got a port on right. the Sega Master System, and this is the port. So this is this is the port. That's right. what I was. So this is this looks great to me. Yeah, yeah. Have you played this? Book? No. Uh, this is a Chris Folds. He yeah. he is. Uh, and uh, it says that. Uh, uh, this I guess you know this has got to be the best looking version of this game. I mean the fidelity is incredible when you're used to looking at all the other versions. You know. Oh yeah, and uh, it looks. I mean the uh, the it runs. 
It looks like it runs real quick. I mean, it's just, I've got to get this. Mm-hmm. This must be mine, Boat. Uh, do, do you know any specifics on this in terms of what's, it, what, what it costs or what that sort of thing? I got nothing on that. I got nothing. So I wonder if, I wonder if I'm going to see if, I'm going to see if Fold's got anything written down in here. By the way, great job. Uh, oh, you can download it for free. There it is. Cool. And, and Folds, uh, Folds even has the link. So good job, Chris. A great job. And, uh, Folds has been doing a couple videos here, and he's doing some good work there. So thumbs up to that. We're always down with some Bruce Lee action, ain't we, Boat? Absolutely, man. Now, let's move along here, Boat. We're going to briskly, quickly go through this stuff. Uh, a week ago, let's talk about this. Uh, uh, your uh, our arcade stream. What'd you play in this? I watched a few, a little bit of this. Um, I'm. Oh, here we go. So uh, this was. I started out, and I was like, "Well, let's just start out with some outrun." And of mm-hmm. course, you, know, you can never go wrong with outrun. And then I moved over to the. Uh, I did uh, another uh, game. This was uh, Turbo. I believe that you I, were in the I chat. I told you about that. Yeah, yeah and like, uh, you you recommended that. Uh, and then I shifted over to the PlayStation 2, and I played some PlayStation 2 Outrun. If you have not played the, yeah. you know, the PlayStation 2 version of Outrun, it looks great. It plays great. I mean, this is a true, uh, a will, uh, a very good successor. To... I've got this. I've got this on the Xbox, uh, the OG Xbox, and it, it's uh, quite good. Mm-hmm. They did a real good job. Yeah, and of I course, playing this through the uh, the the newest uh, PlayStation Two emulator, it really cleans up. You know, they it's anti-aliased out the wazoo. It, these yeah. games really shine. You know, playing under emulation. Yeah, yeah. D- d- did you play this under uh, coin ops? Yeah, this actually... was under your coin ops build. Yeah, coin ops. God bless them. I'll, we'll get into them. Well, actually, we'll get into them right now. I guess. So, if you want to watch them? It's funny, Bo, because I played some arcade. Racers myself a while back, and I didn't play any of these, so good choices there. In fact, better than mine. Um, next on the docket, oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. This, uh, you know, I put the I put to bed, boat. One of my long-standing projects, the Atomic Coco. Yes, uh, boat. You've been talking uh, about this for quite a while. This, I, no, hey, it's nowhere near as bad as my C64. That's true. A couple years that was ago. not your fault, though. Yeah. So what happens if you gut a Coco too? and put an atomic pie in there, wire it up like you're an idiot, and then turn it on. Well, you get this, the Atomic Cocoa. It's a project I've been doing where I took an atomic pie, which is sort of a variant of the cocoa of the, uh, of the uh, uh, help me out here, but Raspberry Pi, and, uh, it, but it runs Windows. And so it, it was not difficult with, a, with, a, with the uh, Cocoa keys to USB to make this happen. So then I thought, well, I'm going to use the CoinOps next uh, and I'm going to actually uh, make a front end for this, exclusive for the Coco, and that's what I did. Which that was much much harder that part boat. Uh, and as I've got a little additional information on this boat, I've actually formally introduced this on the CoinOps forums for approval. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, the head, one of the King Dongs over there, is actually uh, did, did, did Mr. BP actually talk to you? No, I haven't talked to. B- I've talked to BP before. I mean, listen, BP is a is a is a good guy, but he listen he lives he has a set of rules by God, and that's just the way it is. Right. And, you know, right. and you don't cro- you'll cross the boss. Uh, but they're looking at this. I'm hoping to get some sort of uh, high sign so I can upload this, and then I'm done with it, boat. I may add some dragon support, but then I'm done. So anyway, if you're into the uh, Atomic Pie or into the Cocoa or the keys to USB, this was like three or four of my videos had one huge baby. This was it. <laughs> um, last, uh, a couple weeks ago, 
see, was this last week? No, it's, gosh, where are we? Yes, yeah, this is last week. Uh, two weeks ago, me and Brent had an ARG Presents where we did Microprose Games, but Yeah. Uh, well, I got to say, you know, I hate giving the Brent credit on something. He did it again. This Floyd of the Jungle. Uh, have you ever played this game? No, I, I did not listen to this episode, so I, it's this, very rare when I miss an ARG, so folks, fill me this, in. This Floyd of the Jungle is a must-play. Okay. It's a must-play, Boat. It looks he fun. This, he played the C64 version. It's what would happen if you had a competitive race on, like, a Frogger course. I wow. Mean, it's, it's very bizarre, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And then I played Bloodnet, mm. the cyberpunk vampire game that that uh, I wanted to be uh, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone a little bit but I was way out of it man that looks like is that is that K bar there that's actually it looks like Bowie to me uh, <laughs> well but, they uh, all it's it's common knowledge that all vampires resemble Bowie one thing I liked about this boat just at, at the beginning of it you're in a bar and this chick approaches you from work for, for to do a job mm-hmm. and she's wearing a cape <laughs> and I thought to myself it's like how obvious can you be? But your guy does the job. He goes to her house. She's still in her cape, but her dad walks up also in a cape. <laughs> Newsflash, they're both vampires. You know, I've <laughs> scrolled through this thing, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of on-screen action in this game. Well, there's a lot of... there's a lot of, Right now, that's a dialogue scene, so mm. you can't see it. But yeah, that's what's going on uh. here. So if you're into microprose, we did a little history piece. You know how we do it, both. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a good time on that. And then Brent made... I have to say Brent's thumbnail was pretty amusing on that one. Um... Let's talk about Pixels. Uh, this is, I mean, of course, this is tardy the party, but Pixels made a great uh, uh, Amigathon intro video, which you played as the Amigathon opened. Mm-hmm. A great video. Done in, in, in uh, it's only he could do it. Uh, I loved it. So that that's something, you can, if you want to check that out, if you missed it when we did the uh, show, it's up there. Uh, but... Why don't you tell us about your turf match? Because this is over. This tournament's over, isn't it? Buddy? Yeah. So yeah, uh, well, no, it's still going on. If you would like to take part in the uh, Neo Turf Masters 2020 Summer Open, the race for the cure, even though it's really got nothing to do with the cure, that's just what they call it. Um, Robert Smith. The uh, yeah, you're racing towards Robert Smith. It's a mad dash. Um, I'll get my club out. <laughs> um, you can take part every week. You play a different course. Um, right now we are on the United States course. Uh, if you go on Facebook and just search for uh, Neo Turf Masters Summer Open, uh, it's mostly run through Facebook. We'd love to have you. It's always a good time. There are several members of our Discord. Uh, Pixels plays Jost80 is actually the man among men when it comes to uh, Neo Turf Masters and Mr. Cola. Uh, all of them involved in it. They're all better than me. Uh, I get super frustrated playing Neo Turf Masters. So what I've told myself this year is I'm just going to give each course one run through and record my scores and move on. Um, but uh, I always have a good time. It's always it's always fun to compare your scores against other people. And of course, Neo Turf Masters one of the best, if not the best, ga- golf game of all time. I should get in on this boat because I've always considered myself a pretty good hand at this. Game. I'd like to see. I'd like to see you so, get up there and 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 see how you stack up. I'm sure you do well. The problem is I also consider myself a pretty good hand at California games back in the day. <laughs> and literally, I, I was so bad at it, I couldn't get off the part where it said, enter your name. All right. Um, I did a stream. Gosh, this was last week. It was the Unamiga Game Testing 2, 2, just mm. like Wrestling 2, Boat. Million Dollar Knee Lift. I ran through a bunch of games on the stream, and I just uploaded it here. So if you want to see me test the Unamiga. By the way, the Unamiga has taken its spot here in front of me. I'm, I'm literally, but I'm, I'm caressing it right now. Ooh. The Unamiga right here. It's a beauty. It's a beauty. Uh, by the way, these went up for sale, and they're gone already. So that was something that happened while we were out, out, gone. 
They came and they went like that. And also, Edu has offered up the uh, RAM expansion for us that already have these, uh, which I have purchased. And so when that comes in, theoretically, both air quotes, I should be able to play uh, like uh, uh, FPGA versions of the C64 and the next boat and the Spectrum as well. So that, that'll be nice. It'll be nice to have a proper, sort of proper Spectrum. Um, let's see. Okay, what, this was last week's ARG. We did Amstrad games. It was Chat Choice. They, they, they Chat Choice, this is the second time they've chosen Amstrad. <laughs> the chat loves the Amstrad. Uh, we picked a couple wacky games. You know, Boat, I did my old trick. Uh, I picked a game solely based on its name, mm-hmm. but it paid off this week. The Island of Dr. Destructo. Boat. Yeah, I, I was checking this game out on YouTube, and it looks yeah. great. It looks like a lot of fun. You know, a, a, a dude in the chat schooled me on this. This game is a direct ripoff of an arcade game. Mm, it looks it, like a, a, it looks sort of like a time pilot. Oh, listen, that's what I said, and Brent badmouthed me the whole time. Mm. Let me see what this game. I think it was. Let me find it here. Uh, oh, two tigers. And the thing is, I've heard. I remember playing or at least hearing of two tigers. So if you want to try this on the arcade version, two tigers. That's the game. Uh, but yeah, but we had a good time. Uh, Brent's game was doppelganger. If you can figure out what the hell's going on in that, let me know. <laughs> uh, now, but I'm going to let you cover the rest of this. So this is okay. all Negathon related. So uh, once a day, until we run out of entries, at midnight, at the stroke of midnight, uh, I release a mod from our mod competition. So I think with the, we got uh, maybe five or six entries total. And so most of them are already out. We want to give a big congratulations to Barkbit with his entry, Neon Bang, as the winner of Amigathon 2020. Barkbit, no stranger to the tracker, him composing the wonderful closing theme, the haunting closing credits theme of the ARG Presents show. I think that I think he named that song after a stripper I used to know. That's <laughs> if they were there's a stripper name, that's or at least true. the music she's going to dance to, Neon Bang, that's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, it's funny, when we played that song, of course, we didn't know, well, I, you may have known, I didn't know who did the songs, you know, I had no idea. And I knew I was like, "That's a bark bit right there." You just, it's, it's got his little, it's got his little fingerprints all mm-hmm, over. Good. Yeah. I mean, listen, there were no duds. There were. It wasn't like last year where me and you staggered <laughs> forward trying to make something. I was like, burr, burr, burr. "This was like gold." It was like the, just like the art. I was right. like, "Man, this is it was tough content." Competitions are much better when we do not enter. That's for sure. No, I did enter the art one, so <laughs> I, did, I was there just to screw that one up. But so did you. Yeah. I think about it. All right, and finally. Uh, we end our cavalcade of videos with uh, the Amigathon 2020 Boat and Aaron Morning Block. Uh, we kick things off with uh, Pixel's <laughs> great Pixel's trailer. And then, of course, I had to jump right into the Adams Family. Uh, played the Adams Family for about an hour. And uh, and then it was on to Golden Axe, Revenge of Death Adder. No, oh. this is just Golden Axe 1. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you can relive all the magic. If you want to watch the Twitch, the full replays are available on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming if you want the chat in there. Uh, otherwise, feel free to uh, consume it on YouTube. But the uh, all of the Amiga action, all the Amigathon action will be posted to YouTube within the next few weeks. You know what I liked about this boat? And you can't, listen, you could say like, watch me play an hour of Adam's Family, but that undersells it. Because what you're actually watching is boat... Try to run a a, 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 a a Amigathon while playing, while his computer smokes pouring out of it. <laughs> like he's trying to do twenty things at once, and I'm just sitting there, like going, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
what's that boat? And, he, and I'm asking him questions. I'm just further angering him. It was great. That's why you watch that morning block. Once you got past the morning block, it was all smooth sailing. Yeah, that's that, very true. That's very that true. That was the most stressful hour. part. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Aaron, we weren't the only news that was going on the, in the Amiga community last week. I know you're shocked to hear that, but there was some more stuff going on, and we're going to cover it right now in a little section we like to call... All right, so we're going to kick things off. Uh, actually, I need to kick things off with the right window output capture here. No, no, no. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. Load up Adam's family, now run the show. Yeah, this is the, it's all falling apart since I think I switched windows from what I normally do. So we're going to have to, uh, let's see, just kind of think on our feet real quick. We want a point. browser source window capture. And let's do that. And one of the, oh, it's because I switched, you know, I switched back over, uh, Aaron, from uh, Brave to Chrome because what? now- I'm that, gonna ask you why. Well, it's it's because there is no cross uh, session uh, bookmark support in Brave as of yet. And uh, doing work from home and from the office like I do, I need to keep all my bookmarks in sync and all my yeah. history and all that stuff, so. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to keep, I've got Brave. The reason I asked this is a little sidebar. And I got it for the obvious reasons that, as it was plugged. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, 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 I don't necessarily think it's uh, all that. It's okay, right? You know, right? But I mean, the problem is all these browsers are like memory hogs. Mm -hmm. They 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 run like a thousand of themselves. And so I'm actually, I, you know, I was an Opera guy for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about. I've heard a lot of good things about the new Firefox, and I've actually heard a lot of good things about uh, Microsoft's browser. Now, Microsoft, I just watched an, uh, a video on how they screwed Netscape back in the day. Right. And that was a, that was a straight-up screw. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. that. And so I'm still, I've got to, gr I hold a grudge a long way. You? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not, wait, I'm not going to vengeful freak. I'm just saying I hold a grudge. Uh, but uh, I'm willing vengeful to give their crappy freak. browser. And by the way, that recent update that just happened a couple weeks ago, they forced that browser on you. It was like Bond in the barn with oh, yeah. Chris Galore. It was that browser was all up on you. You're like, no, no, yeah. no. Well, it's funny oh, because yeah. my dad actually called me, you know, whenever I've, I've hopefully trained him at this point that whenever anything weird goes on with the computer, just call me. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Windows just updated and now Microsoft is trying to make me install uh, this new browser. And I was like, I know, yeah. dad, you just got to do it. That's just it their resets, way. It resets all your uh, stuff to where you ha it, have to, it asks you, do you want to open this picture with this? Right. No. No. I've, I've I wanted... been using this for two years, you idiot. Yep. What are you doing? That's right. This is why you force the people to update. No good. Mm -hmm. But I'm no the good. rant over. Carry on. All right. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the wider world of the Mega News, Aaron. Um, uh, uh, Doug Tenmark is back. And oh, he's this, uh, this, is, this is his second... Uh, annual Amiga art contest that he runs in conjunction with Pixel Vixen. Yes. Uh, and uh, you can check it out and uh, and basically you can enter. Uh, there's all the information here. If you just go to uh, 10 Mark's YouTube channel, he talks you through everything. The deadline is October 11th. So you still have tons and tons and tons of time. Um, he is trying to run this from original hardware. Uh, he says he, he, he wants your submissions in IFF and mod. I saw yeah. what happened in Amiga Ireland when they tried that, and it was a disaster, which is why we did not do that. But uh, I don't think Doug is planning on streaming this live. Maybe that has something to do with it. But what? at any rate... 
hey, look at that picture on the screen. That's yeah. what he turned. Yeah. And I want to okay. I, I want to mention that if you entered a uh, picture for the uh, Amigathon art competition, Doug says you are more than welcome to re-enter it into the uh, the Amiga Art Contest 2020, sponsored by 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast. Well, I'm so I'm set then. You are. Just send there. that thing right in. Let's talk about the big news here. Now, is it just me or did Doug shave most of his hair off? Is he that, looks good. Has he, has he always looked like that? He's always had it, short hair. Do you think he ever like had that? long flowing locks? No, but look, that seems right. He really cut it off there, didn't he? Is that just me? I think it's just you, man. Okay. It looks the same to me. Normally, I don't pay attention to Doug's head, but this time, I, for whatever reason, <laughs> I looked at it. I've got to say, I do like he's improved his camera as of late. And uh, of course, we're not listening to the sound, but uh, he, his, his studio is steadily increasing. Uh, in in magnificence, minus the closet full of clothes visible in the background there. But listen, he's got his crap hung up. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron. This is you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I thought you might want to expound upon it a little bit more. Why don't you talk a little bit more about this Unamiga new header that's been released here? Listen, the previous header took a header. If you know what mm. I mean. Is that good they, or bad? No. When you take a header, it means you like fall down. Oh. Uh, for the obvious reason, there were some uh, technical uh, faux pas. That's where our friends up in Quebec. Um, so the Unamiga is uh, Edu's uh, wacky Spanish gimmick. It's a FPGA Amiga that fits into an Amiga 500 uh, or Checkmate. One of the slight problems with the previous, which is the one I've got here in front of me, is it didn't fit into a 500 checkmate mm. case. You had to cajole it in there, Bo. You had to sort of gimmick it out to get mm -hmm. it in there. I made it work, you know, with some uh, sketchy tech. Right. Doug had a heck of a time getting this thing in the checkmate case. And I, I, it goes down to, I don't know, holes were misaligned or who knows. So anyways, uh, the uh, this thing runs at a 25 megahertz FPGA version of, the, of an Amiga 1200. You can also switch between all the chipsets. Uh, the previous version, which we've got, had the wrong uh, resistors. Mine had to have the uh, the uh, uh, one of the chips reflowed to make it work by me. Uh, but I ha I have it on good authority that this time out they they're going to take care of business old school. And uh, you know myself and the Doug over at Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast, we both did videos on this. I've done a bunch of streams. And uh, lo and behold, this thing sold out quicker than a hiccup boat. Hmm. I'm not saying me and Doug sold all these, but I'm sure we at least gave somebody a foot up on I what I would they say are. the majority of the sales came directly from your personal recommendation. <laughs> That's all it takes? Yeah. I should be selling cars. You should. What am I doing? You're like Kim Kardashian in the Amiga world. Well, I mean, I, listen, I was, I was trying to be fair about it. Once I fixed it, it's awesome. All mm -hmm. right? But I had to fix it. So ship something don't, that ain't broke, yo. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, they they're uh, these this particular model is is a, a step up from what I got, Boat. You know, I had to buy this extra memory gimmick to get the other FPGA stuff. The, mm -hmm. Like I told you, the next stuff. The new version is 1.5. It's got some extra goodies, updated sound. Uh, it's got extra memory. They, it will accommodate all this other stuff automatically. There's no you don't have to update the memory. It's going to come with the, all that stuff built in. And I believe this has got some sort of like wacky Wi-Fi that you can use to like, I don't know, upgrade the firmware. Wi-Fi around. Listen, I've got it. So the he the price went up a little bit on these. I mm -hmm. think there was like I think what's it say there? One fifty two. That's a. I'm telling you right now. Let's pretend. Let's pretend that this thing ships to your house 
minty fresh. Everything works, right? Mounts perfectly, right? That's a steal. Yeah. Buy the crap out of this thing. I agree. Because this is my daily driver. Works great. Gameplay out the off the charts. Yeah, does it play every game? No, but it plays a heck of a lot more than my actual Amiga does. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're especially if you're in the states and you got PAL system, this has. If VGA you hold out. down both buttons, it'll boot listen, into PAL listen, mode. I've held down all the buttons. I've stomped on that mouse boat. It doesn't help. I makes the bear on that <laughs> sucker. This is the way to go. If you're if you're cheap, I mean, if you listen, if you've got eighteen billion dollars and you can get all these scan doublers or triplers or whatever they do you're move on but for a cheap guy like myself this is your baby mm. you should have got one of these boats and when when he runs another batch we're gonna talk okay okay man all right let's move on to uh a new game for the amiga you know i was listening to uh rob on sprite castle the new sprite castle and yes. he ran down like six or seven c64 games that just got released there's an unreleased port of joust that just got rediscovered on somebody's uh old floppy and some <laughs> other games that just sounded so cool guess what we got this week aaron what do we got super wormy what <laughs> what's that boat i've not heard about it's just like a uh the Tron well, light flight. Have like you heard of Snake before? Yeah, I love that game. Okay, well, get ready oh, to play smooth, Snake, though. except you need an O20, because, you know, nothing nothing says processing power like running a good game of Snake. Well, O20, that's, and today, that's doable. And look at that. That looks that looks smooth, man. So this is sort of like a, uh, some kind of jacked-up Nibbler clone. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, no it's problem. like Nibbler, but without all the things. I guess maybe the later levels have a have have walls and stuff like Nibbler, but now yeah. This, now, is this, does this have multiplayer? Because um, I'm looking at this screenshot up there, and it looks like there's two worms. Or no, that, that's one. That's that's the walls oh, okay, you're seeing gotcha. there. Listen, you know, we did a uh, me and the Brent did a, a, a ARG a couple weeks ago on games that take place underground, and one of the games we covered was the Nibbler. I never played Nibbler in the arcade, but man, that's a fun game, and this looks good. I, I know you're mocking it. Because that's what that's your bit right now. Right now, it, uh, according to and we get this of course from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News, uh, it is only working in WinUAE. So save yourself some heartache if you uh, only run real hardware. Uh, but uh, according to the docs, like you said, it only seems to work on an O20 and likes two meg of chip RAM. So, so you, this only works on the emulator. Right. That's problem solved. You can make those as fast as you want. That's you true. You can do whatever it. you want with the emulator. So, good yeah, job. super like wormy. That. Check it out or that looks good. don't. I'm going to try that. Um, up next in our final story of the week, because we already covered happy birthday to the Amiga. Uh, this is a new Amiga group that has just been launched over in the UK, Aaron. Look now, at look guy. at this guy. What is what? Look at him. You want to hang out with him and play some me games? You the right site? What's going on here? <laughs> this is Robin Hood Amiga Group. They they oh, consider themselves yeah. to be the Amiga outlaws of the Midlands. I see. Uh, they, uh, this was a group started by Ravi. I think Chris Folds is involved in this. Some other know it's trouble. Those two yeah, some other, some other of our folks up there. And uh, they are going to start meeting on uh, August 8th. And because of COVID, this is going to be an in-person meeting, um, but you uh, you have to book tickets because they have limited availability. So I, if, if you want to yeah. get in on some in-person Amiga, and trust me, there's nobody that wants to get in on in-person meeting more than me. Um, 
books, book your tickets, reserve your spot. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll get to see some pictures of this first meeting because it sounds like a really good time. Uh, you know, with Ravi at the helm, things are things are going to be good. They're going to be smooth and very professional. So. so this is the Robin Hood outlaw meeting. Yeah. So you know what this is, don't you, Bode? Go back. You were talking about Flack. He did a great show one time. If you go back in the in the uh, you don't know Flack archives on Copy Fest, mm -hmm. that is the true Robin Hood computer meeting where a bunch of suckers get together and they just cop pirate a bunch of games. That's right. So, that's Bring right. Bring one USB drive and you'll be fine. That's all you need now. It's not <laughs> like the old days. It took like 6,000 6, hours. I love that logo. See the logo with the Robin Hood with instead of the feather, the Amiga check mark? Oh, I like it. So good. Robbie's he's got a lot of jack. But hey, you know, before we shut the news down, uh, I want to go back. I know this is not technically Amiga news, but I want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, the uh, uh, 10 Mark did a show just a couple of days ago on... Um, the Atari ST. Now listen, man. Are we going to talk about every 10 mark video, yeah, no matter yeah. the subject? Yeah, because let me tell you something. Because I can talk 10, about Sprite Castle for another 15 mark, hours, too. 10 mark is all, he's, he's out of his mind in this. I'm just, I mentioned this because if you're an Amiga fan and you don't like Atari, this is the show for you. He goes out of his way to badmouth the Atari, to like mock, he has mugs with the Amiga, he does all kinds of, it's a lot of like uh, visual gags, both on this one. So I, if you're if you're not a big Atari fan, I will say my my uh, working with the Atari ST has been limited, but I did not exactly enjoy my time. Have you have you ever fooled with one of these things, Bo? Never yeah, once in my life. I you know I we we talk about all the time how I'd never seen an, an Amiga. Was well, the same thing with the Atari ST. I'd never seen one in the flesh. I'd never seen other than the 800s that we had at the middle school. That was the only time I ever saw an Atari computer. So which is that's crazy because we had those in our in our classroom. In our computer lab. That's what I mean at the middle school, yeah. yeah. Hey, one other thing, and this is definitely Amiga-related. Uh, hot off the presses, by the way. Uh, if you're an LGR fan... I was going to talk about that next week, just in case we don't have any stories this week. Oh, fair week. enough, then. I won't mention it. Don't ignore what I just said. Never mind. <laughs> All right. I'm done. No Here we go. Let's move on to this week's game, Valhalla and the Lord of Infinity. Cool name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I imagine it would be cooler back then. Now I feel like the whole Norse thing is a little bit played out because well, of the really, you know the Marvel stuff and all that. It doesn't nonsense. have a whole lot to do with Valhalla, though. I mean, the, no. the mythical place where fallen warriors. You're dwell. definitely not going to be swinging Thor's hammer in this game. Boar's hammer would be. <laughs> that's a little. That's cold. So, you know, uh, I. I had never heard of this one. I'm guessing, Boat, you hadn't heard of it either. Never, never. Uh, this was actually the second game in a series. You didn't know that. So this came out in 94. Uh, six discs, Boat. Six discs. Big discs. And was uh, developed by an outfit called a Vulcan. You know, you know, one of these. I've heard Live of them. Long and Prosper. Mm -hmm. you, uh, they did Jet Pilot. And then they also did the other games in this series, Valhalla and the Fortress of Evil and Valhalla Before the War. So there were three three games in this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the, there were really only a few people that really were working on this bad boy. You've got Paul Carrington, who, who coded it. Boss uh, Man? Paul Carrington. Oh, okay. The guy uh, from he, the uh, arcade podcast. He also did the music. I guess hit in the, in the, in the game, the music is credited to a p private affair. Good name. Yeah. But I think this guy was Private Affair. Maybe, maybe <laughs> some buddies. Uh, so he coded 
uh, uh, Timekeepers, Jet Pilots, the other two Valhalla games, uh, and a game called Hillsea Lido. They got me on that okay. one. Okay. The game was designed by Lisa Tuna. She pretty much worked on the same stuff. So they're pretty much, look, they were like the one-two punch this game. Uh, this works on any of the uh, ECS, OCS, usual stuff. Now, when you when you think of a game that's called Valhalla and the uh, and the Lord of Infinity, I'm thinking to myself, like I told you at the beginning of the game, is a bad, uh, it's sort of a super studly, mm-hmm. axe-yielding death machine. We're going to send some suckers to Valhalla, or we're going to hook up with some guys in Valhalla. Right. Or we're going to, you know, something like that. That's none of that stuff. No. It's You're basically a, a, a geek. Who's trying to regain his uh, rightful estate? Right, it stopped me when I jump off on this boat, but that's pretty much it. That's it. You and, nailed it, and man. He, and he is a geek. Uh, this also got a PC uh, port, or I guess it's a port. I think this actually arrived on this was an Amiga game, and then got a port to the PC. So let's talk about the game itself. It starts off with a, uh, a cutscene. What some real good special effects? A cutscene. Uh, uh, and it's not really a cutscene. It's just the aerial view of the geek telling you his tale. But right. I knew right away this was going to be a geek-esque game. When it's, <laughs> because this guy comes out, you're thinking to yourself, well, heck, i got to help this guy, you know, get back his estate. He must be a real stud. No. They picked the wormiest little weasel you ever saw. Mm-hmm. That tubby, he walks like a dork. He comes out and tells you his tale in a geek voice. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, man, this is not off to a good start. However, uh, once the game starts, you find out that the, the, the opening view is your permanent view. Uh, he, uh, uh, he, you are basically sort of like, a, 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 like someone looking down on that character the whole time. Right. Uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a top down game in the in the way that there are many top down games. The difference is is that your character that you're controlling talks to you, and yeah. he talks to you as if you are up in the ceiling. So he is constantly right. looking up and saying things. Every time you do something, he's like he, he'll he'll tell you like I don't know what that is, or this is that, or okay, I'll do that, or what do I do now? What happens? He'll you know he looks at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I've, it's, you know, you've played a lot more of these type of games than I have, but I don't. I've never seen a game that was quite had that quite a, a connection with the character, and it actually works uh, in a, in a lot of ways. So uh, this game is a, a. I think I would be going a little overboard if I called this a role playing game or even a. a, a, a point and click game well it's not this, i'm glad that you're not because it's definitely yeah. neither of those things it's a it's a puzzle a sort of puzzly adventure game does that sound about right but how would you how would you I, yeah I, I don't know why you're puzzling over the genre i mean this is a straight well, I mean, up puzzle game there are uh, listen uh, most like, tell me the uh, tell tell me the elements of adventuring in this game tetris does um, well the elements are tetris doesn't give you a big backstory about this guy's estate and stuff plus you find those little you find all kinds of books and parchments yeah that give you a it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely i would call it story driven okay there bam I, listen that's why you're here uh so you, you you guide this guy around and you the interface on this is pretty interesting you hit the button on your joystick, and it brings up two little uh, sets of squares. Mm-hmm. At the top, it brings you got, up your, your, you got your top squares and your bottom squares. That's right. It's just like, and then there's Paul Lind in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
You've got you've got your top scores that have all your inventory, right? And then you've got the bottom scores that have all your action. Let me stop okay? for a second and ask you a, a, a pertinent question. Yeah. How many times was Charles Nelson Riley center square? You know, I'll be honest with you, I, and I like Charles Nelson Riley, but I didn't like the Hollywood squares, so mm. I never ever See, watched. Yeah, yeah, I was just curious because I feel like he was probably there more than once. Oh, I would say so. But Paul Paul Lind was the perennial guy. Mm. He was great. Um, anyway. So when you hit the button, you've got your you've got your inventory is always at the top. When you hit the button, it low it cranks up the lower five squares. Okay, and this is this is your interface to do everything in the game. Right. So it's important to note that this this interface is entirely joystick driven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everything you do in the game, this is definitely a lean back experience. You got your controller, yeah. you got your joystick in your hand, and you're set to go. You know, and I can't wait to hear your views on this. But, but what you, so the interface, you click it. You've got the uh, you've got an eyeball. That means you'll look at something. Mm -hmm. You've got the hand like that's like laying something down. That means you're putting something somewhere. You got a hand that's kind of like poking. That means you're kind of interacting with something. Mm -hmm. Then you've got like a, a like a drink come, go occasionally come up. You've got a joystick, which means I'm done with this. I want to go back to just controlling the guy. Then you've got a, a menu to save and load. Right, that's all you got. Right, it's all you need in this game. Um, it is a kickback experience. I mean, I, I will have to say I, I kind of dug that about it. You don't have to hover over the keyboard, screw with the mouse. Mm -hmm. uh, you just control the guy with the stick. So, before I get deep into this, what are your first impressions, Boat? What did you think about the interface? I, I was very impressed with the interface, and Pixels actually makes a good point. And you were, and you were right. I was a bit harsh, Aaron. I'm rarely harsh with you, as you know. But uh, I was I was a little harsh by dismissing your genre uh, your genre classifications and, and Pix is right. This is very similar to a point and click adventure game just without the mouse. Uh, you are you're you're picking up items, you're maneuvering around a space, and you're using those items in different ways to open up new areas. That's the game. Yeah, that's the game. Um, my first impressions were, man. You know your 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 lead guy is animated very well, yeah. but man, does he look dopey! I mean, he blunders around this place with his hands behind his back, doing a, a sort of a waddle. Yeah, uh, it is not attractive in any way. Uh, that said, it is animated well. Uh, the graphics are quite good. Yeah. Um, the the problem that I have with this game. Uh, just from an initial perspective, is that everything is in various shades of brown. Um, there it is. I, I was waiting for it. Yeah, I just I am a, I'm, I'm a guy that likes colors, and uh, and you're right on the but the first the, the and we'll talk about my my other qualms with the game later. But uh, everything is just that same shade, and it's very very boring to look at. There is nothing on the screen that really excites your eyes. You know, Duncan mentioned this, and I should have mentioned it earlier. Yes, this is an Amos game. I should mention that the uh, the game building system on the Amiga this was this was um, done with Amos. So uh, I don't know. Hey, it looks good. This goes to show that Amos was incredibly powerful. I agree with you, Boat. It is brown, even on the later levels. Um, it's not like I would call a rainbow of color. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, and your guy does animate real well, but he's he's just a little geeky dude. I would like to have had a little more interesting guy to run around but i guess that's that was the choice of the authors and having not played the first game or the third game maybe there's some significance to it i don't know so <clears throat> what do you do with your little guy well uh you go around this uh uh area at least in the first level that you're going around this uh this uh mansion or whatever and you're trying to 
uh, solve little puzzles to get from, to, basically you're going from one puzzle to the next, to the next. Uh, you'll occasionally pick up items. Uh, picking an item up is pretty simple. You move your guy beside the item, you hit the button, and the little menu pops up, and you hit the grab, and it just picks it up, puts it in your inventory. Uh, he's got, a, I think it's like nine, eight or nine slots he can carry stuff in. Uh, when you want to use something, it's very simple. Like, for example, if you want to unlock a door with a key, you just uh, hit the button, highlight the key, then go down and highlight the, the interact button. Mm -hmm. And it'll tell you if the key works or not. It's, yeah, it, I mean, compared compared to a lot compared to a lot of games that we've played that are like this, this is definitely one of my most favorite uh, user interfaces. I was ready to just kill this game. I mean, I was like, I, as soon as I loaded it up, I'm like, oh, here we go, time to kill a game. But you cannot badmouth the interface. It allows you to read stuff, drink stuff, interact with stuff. It covers a lot of bases with the limited amount of controls. Uh, we've covered a lot of games that I thought had pretty good interfaces. But I, I have to say, I really like I really like this uh, uh, the way they have it set up. So kudos to them. I don't know if I've played a game that was quite like this, that was joystick driven. Mm -hmm. So you you mope your little guy around solving these puzzles. Well, this is my first gripe with the game, Boat. Uh, there are plenty of things to pick up and interact with, uh, but I found without a walkthrough or some help or visual aids. I don't know how anyone could have ever figured this stuff out. There are occasionally you'll come across a document or a book or a parchment or something that may give you some hints. Uh, you'll also come across these like interactive skulls that will that will talk to you, and you can use their what they say as a hint. Uh, but these hints were for me. I was nowhere near smart enough or savvy enough to, to where I could have connected these things, and it took me having to go and find a walkthrough to play through big chunks of this because I didn't have any idea what I was doing. It was really, I found it real difficult, Bo. Did, did, you're, you've played a lot more of these. I mean, did you yeah, find I, to me, I, I would have made things a little bit easier, at least in the beginning. Yeah. I would have done things like color code the keys and the chests just so you didn't have to go through. Because I collected about 14 million keys within the yeah. first 10 minutes. And going through each key every time you get to a chest got real old real fast. And none of them worked. Right, ever. and none of them ever worked. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I think that my major gripe with the actual mechanics of the game has nothing to do with the, the puzzles themselves. I think all the puzzles are fine. It has to do with the way that this game is presented. They give you all of the story up front in a big chunk. And what they should have done, this game has four levels. And if you play this game perfectly, like our friend Ricky C is doing, it takes you about uh, 45 minutes to play through each level. Okay, and that's with making no mistakes. I would have broken up each one of these levels into, like I would have made like each level have four tinier levels. And then in between, give you a little something to see. You know, give me a, give me an animated screen or give me just a still screen and some text and let me know you're progressing through this thing in some way. Like when you play and all you see is this for an hour, that's way too long to be looking at this specific scene. Like if you look at any point and click adventure game, within the space of an hour, you're gonna be looking at tons of different textures, tons of different backgrounds. You're gonna be interacting with all kinds of different people. In this game, it's just more of the same for an hour. And then you get a new yeah. setting and then it's more of that for an hour. Yeah, yeah. And your guy moves painfully slow, mm -hmm. but you can't move faster. Not because you, I mean, you want to, but the, here's another gripe I've got. Uh, the broken floor areas where the one of the first things I did in this game was go out and fall through the floor. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So what they've done was they've put, and it's not like they're hard to see. Once you fall, once you do it once, you won't do it again unless you accidentally do it, which I did. It's infuriating. And to here's just fall, the thing: randomly the, fall through the floor. This is the problem. What is the purpose of that? What is the purpose of putting that know. in the game? There is that, no purpose other than to frustrate the player, and that yeah. is the problem with European game design. Well, that is the single most glaring problem of European game design, where they put things in with no other purpose other than to frustrate the player. Because you don't feel like a big man when you're able to negotiate the the broken floor tiles, because it requires no skill. It just requires you to walk a little bit more carefully. It's, it's a, not. It's, it, it, all it does is when you're when you're thinking about solving a puzzle or trying to do something else, and you slip by one tile and you go down, and it's game over. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You got that right. I mean, and that happened to me more than once. I, I started saving my game a lot, uh, but I hated that. So the broken floor that can kiss the old booty. I didn't. That was. Uh, I mean, listen, that's a small thing, but it's a huge thing when if you fall to the floor and you're at, on your fiftieth pass through that same room because you're going to be going through these rooms over and over and over. One thing about this game is that the, you you nailed it, Boda. It's amazing your how keyed up we are together on this because. You're right. These levels are much, much too long. You're gonna, and they're confusing. There's so many different puzzles. To I keep saw track a map. Of. I saw a map drawn in ASCII of this first level. Yeah. And I mean, it looks like the like the seventh circle of hell. It's so confusing. Like yeah. there are so many, and I I just have no idea. I mean, obviously the answer is is that they expect you to you to take out a piece of graph paper and map it out. Yeah. And, you know, like, whenever we talk about this, then, you know, we say, well, that that would have been great when I was a kid and this was my only game. But, it, you know, at the time of the life that we are, we are beyond the graph paper stage. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I I sat and played this game. You know, I had, I had a little more time the last couple of days. And so I actually, and, and part of the reason I was into it is because I really did enjoy... It, there was a chill... It was nice. The, the uh, sound, this, this, the, the music... You know, the first level didn't have really any music, but it had cool sound effects. Yeah, I and, thought that I thought the sound and, effects were were fine. Yeah. You know, the and, the footsteps were good. I thought that the the well, let's let's I'll leave my thoughts on our our titular hero until yeah. the uh, until later on. But when you talk to the skull and the skull yeah. is like, "Bring me blood" or whatever yeah. like that, I thought that was a cool sample. He sounded like a skull should sound. Yeah, I uh, uh I, I like the I, I kind of, part of me kind of like the chilled. Way you play it. I mean, there was no monsters rushing. You right. Know, there's no time. Right. That's whatever. another good thing. You know, so you could you can take your time with yeah. it, but it's just too daunting. It's too big. I I got a walkthrough up, and I was like, okay, I'm going to use this walkthrough anytime I get stuck, which was a lot. And I I kept going and going and going. I was like, man, surely I've got to be close to getting out of this level, and I wasn't. It just, it just took forever. I I was like three three and a half hours in still in the first level i'm like man this is that's too long yeah too long and what's scary is oops you worked three and a half hours oh you fell in a crack and you forgot to save the game for an hour and you're screwed because stupidly you lost all that progress for no good reason i would like to sit in the designing room with these guys and of course i'm you know i'm sure there's just one or two people and i would just like to ask them like what? How much time do you expect the player to put into this game in order to be successful at it? And I would call being successful, you know, it's like when I used to do my, my ranking of platformer series, it's like, can I beat the very first level, you know? Yeah. Um, because anytime that you're, if you play it perfectly and you get through the first level and it takes you an hour, 
I mean, that's it's just crazy. Like that means that you'd probably have to spend at least three times that long if you're bumbling around and it's your first time, you know? Now this game does have a save and load system, so it's not a complete, you yeah. know, uh, screwing. But um, but it's still, I would have liked to have seen, you've got to break up the action with, with other things, at least if you're going to keep my interest. And if they would have broken these up into smaller pieces, and I'm not asking for a fireworks show when you beat it, but maybe take that text, that wall of text that you gave me at the beginning, and just split it up into four sections, and it eases you into the story, and yeah. it makes you more invested in the story, because you act, it's like you're moving the story along when you complete these things. The, uh, the, uh, uh, some of the puzzles made sense to me. A lot of the puzzles didn't. But one thing I wanted to mention to you, and uh, listen, I, I obviously don't have the game, so I watched the intro, okay? At the very, the very first room, you walk down and pick this item up. And then if you watch the walkthrough, he pokes the tiles, mm -hmm. and then there's something under the tiles. It's like a well, map. That, that tile is marked. If you look at it, there those tiles are marked that you can, you can, you can uncover. I yeah. see. I couldn't tell the difference. I was like, what? You had to show me what exactly it's supposed to look like. But I mean, are, in the first room, mm -hmm. how are you going to Well, it's also, and also the, the first item that you find is a total red herring. Like if you read the walkthrough, it's like, pick up the book. Now put it back down. Ha ha, it's useless. And again... See? You know, why frustrate the player from the get-go at the very beginning? Like, you're trying to introduce the player to the mechanics yeah. of the game. You're trying to make the player feel good that they just plunked down 30 pounds for this game or whatever it costs. Yeah. Uh, this is a game... I'll try to put myself in the in the position of someone who had bought this in 94. To play in there oh, my gosh. In 94. It's so late in the game, too. Well, but, I mean, this. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with this game visually or audibly no, in 94. No, no. So if I if I put the money down and I'm playing this, I w I can see where people could really get into it uh, if this is your type of game. All right, I mean I, I we've established that this is not my type of game, but uh, I, I I could have gotten into this with the with the limited interface because I like the it's so easy. If it had been a little easier, if they I listen, I know people don't like it when some stuff holds your hand early. Hold my hand. I need help because I'm not good at this stuff. Full on hootie, man. That's right. Hold my hand. Uh, but uh, uh, it didn't. It did not do that. So, what did you think? I know you're dying to talk about the guy. So let's hear your. Let's hear your. Uh, this is another Amiga mascot for you to, to chastise <laughs> a mall. So go ahead and go to work. Well, you know, it's funny. They're talking about in the chat that a lot of times in adventure games, your guy is sort of dopey. And I think Pix mentioned, he mentioned Simon the Sorcerer, Guybrush, Threepwood. None of these guys are super megastars. And I think that that's true. But I think if, if like we talked about at the beginning, if you're going to call your game Valhalla and the Lord of Infinity, that's that right. sets a certain expectation. That's what got me. Yeah, um, yeah, if they would have right. called this, you know, Dopey McGee and his stupid voice... Then okay, you got something there. Lumpy Biggins and his quest for real estate. How about I like that? Lumpy Biggins. That's a good one. My but my problem isn't so much the character design itself. It's the stupid way he walks with his hands behind his back. The way that his shoulders like shimmy when he walks. Like the animation itself is good if you're trying to animate some sort of like strange alien creature. He almost looks like a Velociraptor. Um, uh, if you look at it, if you look at someone walk from above, okay, let's say I'm a tubby gentleman, all right. So if I if I walked and you were straight above me, 
I, it would probably look sort of like that. I don't I'd be know. Kind of raw, but it's I mean, it, it's like possible. That. That's exactly how I move. Just but like I, that. You know, I've played a ton of games with the top-down perspective, and I was never yeah. struck by how dumb it looked until I played this game. You know what it reminds me of? If you've ever played Shadow of the Beast 2, I think it's 2, there's a scene where uh, the, 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 the bad guy is, has turned into this... It basically, it's a giant hand. It's descending on this woman in this in this cabin, and she looks up and she screams. I remember it's that. Identical. The the actual look when this guy looks up, it looks just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a problem with that. You know, right. it, I mean, right now, listen, let's talk he's about a dopey game. There's no doubt about that. the the main problem that I have is with this guy's voice. <laughs> this is this was you know they made a huge deal out of this game. They in a huge print on the on the on the box, the first ever speech adventure. Yeah. Okay, so voice yeah. samples are going to be a big part of this. Yeah. You know, I lived about a year in England. I've talked to lots of British people. Um, I would say that I'm unfamiliar with the British accent. But what they've done is they've taken this guy and they've mangled his voice in such a way that even when he says normal things, it still is difficult to understand. Yes. Yes. And you combine that with the fact that they didn't include any sort of closed captioning there's no option to turn the speech off and replace it with text or anything like that. And again, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure that they, they I'm sure in their minds, they were like, people are going to be so excited that they can hear the game talk to them that they're not going to want to turn it off. But the problem is, is that sometimes he says things that are important. Like when he picks something up and he tells you what this thing is, if you don't get it, then you're not going to get it. I mean, you can you can put it down, you can pick it back up again, you can touch yourself, um, but uh, you can. Uh, but he's just going to say the same thing again. In your inventory, there's no way that you can look at the names of the items. Now, it's possible that in the instruction book, maybe they have a glossary and they they have drawings of these items, and you can reference them there. And if they do, then that's great. But in a game that's all about inventory management and finding the right solution to a puzzle, not having, being able to see what's in your inventory just by looking at it is a big, big flaw in this game. Well, I will say, I did have trouble under, and I'm like you, straight from the streets of Sussex I am. I can understand pretty <laughs> much anything, and you're in, in uh, as slangy as it goes. But it's not the slang, it's just the fact that they've uh, pitch changed his voice. Mm-hmm. To make him sound like a, he's not quite limbing, he's more like a medium range miming. He's a medium range. Like he's got his voice is goofy. I would have preferred a voice you could hear. Well, I agree with you. Uh, uh, some sort of text under the items, because all you've got to go on is to look at them and have him say the same thing again, and you're like, what? Right. To be honest, yeah. I mean, they could have made the voice as dopey as they wanted, and I, I realize that they're again. You know, you're you're buying this game because it's got this novel concept. It's a speech adventure game. So you want to make the speech, you want to make it a little different. That's fine. Just give me the option to be able to tell what my items are, and I'd be I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I, I will say I, I do appreciate the fact that he talks a lot. He's got a lot mm-hmm. to say. He talks. He that I like that. And Every action skip, that you take, he will say something. Yeah, and if you skip forward, I don't know how far in this because there are level codes. I don't know how far into this you went, but I actually I skipped around and actually I watched the ending of the game, mm-hmm. and the uh, he he gives a full speech. Yeah, at the end of this it's game, very Shakespearean, you know? and then he yeah, gives it, you three cheers, hip hip hooray. I, I don't know if I go with Shakespearean, but I mean, <laughs> I think that's I think you're going a little bit over the top there. But he does give a speech. It's not like the Saint Christmas Day speech. And the bad guys bad mouth him. You be so and so, I get you, you know. 
So uh, there, I'll, I agree with that. I like that. I like that aspect of it. Now, something else I want to badmouth uh, while we're at it. Uh, what what year is this game set? Can you explain this to me? Oh, because I, I'm rolling through the game and I pick up a freaking credit card. There's a freaking ATM in it. I pick up a potion that gives you a rubber soul. I'm like, what about what is yeah, going on here now? Is that wackiness? Yeah, or, I is mean, this a I, wacky I, game or I, what is this? I don't have a problem with that. I love it when there's anachronisms in games like that. I don't love it. It takes me right out of it. Listen, I don't. Want, I want it to be taken scale. right out of it. I don't want an ATM in that sucker. No credit card. I don't. The last thing I want to see is I, listen. I got credit card problems in real life. I don't want to pick one up in the <laughs> game. I don't want to do this. This little geek. Don't get credit problems, little buddy. You don't want that. You know this dungeon with a credit card machine in it. Get that out. That's no good. That's an okay. F. All right. Well, we differ in that, but that's all right. Yeah. So I didn't like that either. Um. Uh, the, I I think overall, if you like this sort of game, you know, if if you like, uh, if if it sounds intriguing to you, I think you you can get a lot out of it. I just think that it's. This is, you know, from the get-go, it's not my sort of game. I would much rather play a side-on, uh, more traditional, you know, point-and-click adventure game. Um, or if I'm playing a top-down game like this, I'd want it to have more action elements. Something like a Legend of Zelda, which Legend of Zelda is a lot like this, except it moves a lot faster. There's a lot more varied environments. Um, Everything moves faster. And, uh, and, you, and you have to deal with enemies. But you're still doing the same things. You're still collecting keys. You know, you're fine. You're uncovering hidden objects. Um, this is definitely just a straight-up, top-down puzzler with a speech gimmick. Um, it's, got, it's got good atmospheric sounds. There is a health and energy stamina bar. I never got far enough to have to do either of those things. You, but you never get the strength potion or anything? No, no. Yeah, I, 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 I got so frustrated because, like, like I said, I would really be getting into it, and I would always, and of course, I could always save my game, so it's my own fault, but I'd just make one wrong move, and I'd be through the floor, and then would be game over, and well, so... I got I, I got most of the way to the first level, and then I piddled around on the other levels. Listen, this game is one of those games for me. I, I disagree with you on one thing, which is I would much rather play this type of game than a point and click. Okay. Uh, I, I like the convenience just sitting on my hind. You know, I've got the I've got the game pad here. I'm kicked back. Mm-hmm. I've got a cold one. I'm playing this game, right? Yeah. The problem is too much of a dull thing. There, you can't just have you can't have a game like this and then have repetitive, dull, expansive levels. Too much. Too much. Cut it down, man. Mm-hmm. Cut it, like you and, said. And to be fair, I have the same problem with the Alien Breed games. They are a much faster paced game, but you're still looking at the same background through the and whole there's a, game. There's a listen. We've played we've played more than a few of these uh, uh, point and click games on Amigos, and Yes, every one of them includes you going back over some places you've been. But this game, you go back over the same spots again and again and again and again because they different elements that you have to get in other parts of the of the building require you to go all the way back. That stupid that stupid area that has all the broken floors. It's like a maze. Mm-hmm. I must have went through that thing a million times. You know, right. it's just like, oh, you know, please, no, no, no. That's not the way you do it. Uh, so I give these guys an A for uh, t- taking Amos and kicking that thing up. I give them an A for the sound, except for the pitch, you know, pitch voice thing. I give them an A for the thought, you know. But they don't get an A for the name. They don't get an A for the level design. They don't get an A for the. I didn't like. 
I thought some of the puzzles were just too bizarre and obscure to figure out uh, for someone, a layman like myself. So, I, you know, it's funny. This game is great in some areas and just the, horrible in other areas. So I guess I'd give this sort of a middle-of-the-road uh, uh, score vote if I was that sort of guy. Okay. That's yeah, I, I would. I would call this. I would say that this is a perfectly adequate, um, perhaps even a little Perfect, above average, yeah. um, of this type of game. You know, if you yep. took all of these types of games and you lined them all up, you know, and you gave it a score from one to ten, I would. This would definitely land in six or seven for me. I would wonder if the if the sequel to this. Uh, it made any improvements in the same line of what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it might. You never know. Yeah. It might come up, and we might. So, know. you know, I, I looked at the reviews on this boaster, as I do. Uh, Lemon gives this a six point four eight. Mm. That's not a high score on Lemon. I know that's you're a, bad. That's a very. I think that might be the lowest rated it's game not, that we've ever played. Said that, you've said that so many times. What? <laughs> it's not. It's not. You're your own gimmick. You realize that, right? You're a parody of yourself, Boat. Um, so the magazines were all over the map on this one, Boat, as you would expect. Uh, Amiga Action, 94%. They really liked it. Mm -hmm. Amiga Computing, they mounted the top rope. They dropped the big elbow, 58%. But Amiga Format dropped the elbow off the cage, 23%. Oh, my boat. gosh. So they people hated this game. Amiga Magazine, nine out of ten. And this, you know, it's funny so though, it's Aaron. This sort of shoots my previous theory in the foot that yeah. you know, in '94, you know, when things were pretty much doomed for the Amiga, that uh, all, all the Amiga magazines just sort of turned tail and started giving every game good reviews. I mean, well, this is this is proof positive that, that was not the case. Get this, That's, this game. I've never seen a game like this. So listen to this again. So we a lemon six point four eight. Amiga Action 94, Amiga Computing 58, Amiga Format 23, Amiga Magazine 9 out of 10, Amiga Power 19%, CU Amiga 90%, The One 81%. These scores are, it's either it's great or it's crap. Right. There's no in between. I would, believe it or not, I'm going to go in between <laughs> because why can't we do that? Um, I looked up on the email. Oh, Bob, what do you got for Discord, Boat? We Let's did. We had one. we had quite a few Discord reviews this week. Really? Okay, great. First one comes uh, from Pixels at Dawn. Actually, I want to scroll up. And, yeah. Okay. First one comes from Pixels at Dawn, and he says a rather charming adventure game with a few irritating flaws. The key to this game is the looks and, of course, the sound design. The amount of voice acting in this was a bit of a revelation on an OCS machine back in the day, and it gives the little prince a lot of character and the way he looks up at the screen to address you is engaging as well. What this game desperately needs is a faster moving character and a background track to keep you entertained while you plot around the game world. There are also multiple occasions where you can softlock yourself if you don't take the right item into the right area, so you have to be really careful where you save. Yeah, that happened to me. That said, it's a compelling adventure game that I plan to come back to in the future and finish. 7 out of 10. Uh, Rushi says... A unique and interesting puzzle adventure with a surprisingly advanced spoken dialogue system. I really appreciate what this game did on a technical level, though oversights like the lack of subtitles created an accessibility issue for me, and the item manipulation system was about the most cumbersome thing I've dealt with since Grim Fandango. Surprised I hadn't heard about this game before, and I'm seriously considering buying the PC version from the author's website. Chris Folds writes, it takes a special kind of game to make you wish you were playing Zool. This game is that special. 
as you control a slow plodding doofus through complicated levels with a giant brown HUD that lets you see a microcosm of the action, generating a slow and frustrating experience that I fail to see any joy or charm in. Four out of ten. Now where are my pointless collectibles? Paul, aka Hermski, writes, A Herm Firm 7 out of 10. Not much time to play it this time round, but have fond memories of it from back in the day. The quirky characteristics of the prince was the main reason this game caught my eye. Looking up at you to communicate using novelty speech was hilarious and original. Overall, a charming game. Frodo NL writes, Graphically not bad, although the way the prince walks looks somewhat weird. This could be quite a fun game were it not for the fact that one is made to walk the same maze between death traps multiple times and the voice of the young prince is starting to irritate me big time after a few times of, okay, now what? And I'm scared. Yeah, what a geek. Jason Warns writes, meh, six out of 10. And that's gonna do it for our Discord you, reviews, Aaron. You know, I wanna, I wanna, and Picard, make it, he made it so, Boat. This is the first of the trilogy. I thought it was the second. So this is the first of the trilogy. So hopefully they learn something uh, somewhere down the line on this b- boaster. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's funny. A lot of the a lot of the listeners pointed out some of the same things that we talked about. That it's just, I mean, it's not rocket science. When you play this for a while, the little annoyances become something that, you, that are hard to overcome. It's a there's a lot of potential here though. And again, this to be made nameless, they did a good job. Uh, uh, they really, I'm real impressed with this game. Technically, it's just that it's not the, as most uh, as fun as it could have been. Um, I did look this up on the eBay Boatster. Uh, this game's readily available uh, somewhere in the thirty-five dollar dollar bill range. That's U.S. dollar. Okay, okay, not bad. Yeah. Oh, well, and one more thing. Someone mentioned this. The HUD is ridiculous. Yeah. Where, go go back to that Dreamcatcher article. This is they've got two thirds of the screen like cardoned off mm-hmm. we need that real estate we yeah. need to put that on the screen yeah absolutely absolutely i'm surprised that i didn't complain about that earlier but there well, you I go mean, they, i've just become did, so they, used it looks to it nice i know it's <laughs> it's like What's it's like stockholm syndrome us, yeah <laughs> after a while you love the hood we're gonna paint our windshields and our cars to where there's just this one spot in the middle that's all we need yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Aaron, as we wind down the show, I do want to remind everybody that our California Games High Score Challenge is still going on right now. It is not too late for all of the people that support the show, either on Patreon or on Twitch. Jump in to the Discord and get yourself some hot, hot California Games action right when now. What does that end, Boat? Uh, that ends next week. Next week, okay, I'm, be- going to, I'm going to submit a score this week, and it's going. To, please, please be kind. That's all I can say. We will. I can't skateboard. I can't do jack squat. <laughs> we. It, it does require you to read the docs. I know that's that's your that's your Achilles heel. Um, but uh, right now, we've got Hasifa is leading the charge still in first place with Paul, aka Hermski, in second place. So we'll see if he can maintain the title, or maybe someone else will come up from behind and assume the championship. So. Anyway, um, we also, we, you know, Aaron, it's time to thank some people that make this show go. Uh, I want to start with our Twitch subscribers. Uh, oh, yeah. Twitch folks, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, uh, you can subscribe to the show for free. Do note that you must return at least once a month and resubscribe or else it will, uh, yeah, it, it, will, it will go away. Uh, I want to thank Old B Sturgeon. 
Still adolescing, Muggy7, Wing Chun Wolf, Amiga Bill, Macintosh Librarian, GoTo GoSub, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Buck Owens, Christian Russell, Retro Jerry, Dub Project, Frodo NL, Darkwing602, Lamatsa, The Slow Norse, Macross the Black, 2018. We've got some <laughs> wow. great names here. Ant yeah. Jarvis, Rushi MSX, Duncan Styles, and Creepy Dead Boy. Thank you guys Man. so much. That cool. list is a lot longer than it's been in the past. That's, yeah. That was very, thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, of course, I also want to thank uh, Pixels at Dawn for being such a good mod and uh, heading up the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Uh, we uh, we want to thank Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, for uh, for choosing Lord of Valhalla. Lord of Valhalla, you know, Hermski's been on a roll. If you're not familiar with how the Game Selection Committee works, basically, um, you uh, suggest a game to the committee and then... Uh, if it's you know in a specific category, everybody votes on it, and Hermsky's just been knocking it out of the park because he's next next week's game. He also chose for the committee, so I cannot, uh, I'm going to get some pointers from Hermsky because I've suggested many a game. They're just they're just stomping these games. Listen, man, we're never we're never just as garbage. We're never going to play awesome. It's I've got to be the happen. only host of a show that never plays any of the games he wants to play. <laughs> I'm going to play just randomly playing stuff. I, my taste must suck, Boat. You know me. Do they suck that? Do I suck that bad, Boat? Help me out here. Well, you do like Gods. Yeah. And, and you do like Sword of Sodan. You got that right. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, so anyway, um, I want to thank... Uh, all the fine folks that are watching us live on Twitch. Uh, we do record this show live every Friday uh, at uh, 4 o'clock. Um, you can join the fun with Hermski, uh, Uber Scooper Diver. Uh, we got 1FPS, Amiga Live, I-10, Bitstorm, Buck Owens, Cobrain, Commander Root, Dinu, Drummer, Duncan Styles, Eddie Yemick, Edvin Helland, Electrical Longboard, Frodo NL, Giro yeah. Lamo 85, Helm, Hermski, I am Paul H, Jamis F, Jason Warns, Lamatza, L Curtis B, Lurks, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Olaf Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, Rimatstino, Still Adolescing, Super Tech Boy, Uber Scuba Diver, B&K, Vigoro Pros, and Z9K9. Beautiful bunch. A beautiful, handsome, intelligent bunch. Yeah. Or beautiful, depending on who you are. I loved it. Very good. All right. Last week, Aaron, was Amigathon. We did not have a uh, Patreon song challenge last week. But um, this week, uh, we are going to have... Uh, well, I'm sorry, last two weeks ago... It was a it was a very spontaneous rendition of this song, and I'm very surprised. I apologize if you wrote in with the correct answer and I did not count it or I didn't get you in here. I'm sorry. You can harangue me later on. Uh, it was. Do you remember the name of the song, Aaron? Yeah, I don't. I, 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 two two the, weeks ago. This might have <laughs> this might have been a little outside your wheelhouse because it is from the R and B category. Oh, um, Return of the Mac was the name of the song. Okay, I know that song. And uh, That's I what think you were doing? I think that he was from I I think he's from Leicester. I want to say is that right, Pix? Anyway, I think he's also in jail now. But uh but at any rate, Return of the Mac, uh Kate Fox and Gary Heather both uh got the correct answer. So congratulations to you guys. Very okay. much for getting the getting the tune. Uh 
If you would like to support the show, feel free to head on over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast. You get access to our Discord server where we're talking all the time with the greatest people in the world. You get access, you can join the Amigos Game Selection Committee and suggest games for us to play on the show. Help Um, us. You get awesome magnets at the end of the year. Uh, There's, and, but of course, the ultimate honor is that you get to be featured on the Patreon song. So, that's right. Let me prepare myself here. You have to put yourself in a certain mental state. Yeah. Can stretch for this one? Oh, you got to stretch before any sort of athletic My endeavor. God, look at you. All right. It's been a while since you stretched, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, I knew it. Cello code, Mark Bylan, Olaf Hope Permsky, Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant, Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowbird Boy, Joel Fuchs, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Roshi, Frodo in El Sol, Incisor, Tech Major Gang, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Letch, Captain Crispy, Ken A. Bison, Gaffing, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Bickford, Cameron Armstrong, and the Jones, Lobster Minata, Tin Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, Richter Man Cape, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph, uh, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Barkbit, Roland Burks, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kalan, Alan, Kebab, Chekote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrault. Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figure C to Z, Stefan Sorgon, Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Rabbi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dream Catcher, Lauren Giroud, Graham Vep, Keata Batters, B. O'Brien's, Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson Kim, Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. You so, suck, boat. So that week I changed it up a little bit, Aaron. I knew that one, like that. So there's uh, two songs there. If you oh, can guess two, so- the, two, two the, songs, the two songs that were the, uh, that were featured on this, I knew one of them. Then, uh, then, and you can really choose either one. That explains why I thought you sucked so bad. I thought you just were just really bad at one song. No, no. Well, there's you were only, bad at two. There's only songs. so much you can do with the first song, so I had to mix it up. They call it a mashup, Aaron. That's what, what the kids that? say these days. That's not what I call what you just did. <laughs> I can't say it on the air though. Mm. Mm. All right. So, anyway, uh, and this may be just like the Jimmy Buffett episode where it's just like this group is just like not famous at all overseas. 
So uh, you, you, you never me? know. That first song, I guarantee you. I well, would you is. have guessed that nobody would have known Jimmy Buffett or Margaritaville? Uh, no, I wouldn't right, have guessed that. But nobody did, except for you and like somebody else from the States. So you never can tell. I'll do some it's Eurovision next tell. week. Yeah, I mean, um, you're right, man. So anyway, uh, we want to thank you all for listening, like we always do every week. We've gone long this week, Aaron. We've we gone did? long. <laughs> I always go long, my friend. Bam. Oh. Uh, next week, we're going to be playing California games. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. So get ready. 